you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today's show is going to be mostly about food and eating. And I know that everyone's probably getting a little bit overloaded on all of the programs and blogs and podcasts and so on and so forth about the subject of eating and your health. And if you haven't gotten the message yet from mainstream and non-mainstream sources that in this stressful, can't even talk, that in this stressful time, we all need to maintain our health then I'm going to remind you that you do. What better time to do that than while you're home and have total control over what you eat and when? Following up from that, let's talk about intermittent fasting. It has definitely hit the mainstream as there is a lead article about it in the May 2020 edition of the Harvard Women's Health Watch newsletter. Can't get more mainstream than that. The front page headline is, Can Scheduled Fasting Improve Your Health? And the article is about intermittent fasting and its health benefits. The report actually is very positive and they talk about how easy it is for most people to adopt. It wasn't very long ago, probably only a year or two at most, that the medical establishment was poo-pooing the whole idea of fasting in any form. Interestingly, they quote an associate professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, Dr. Osama Handy, in this article saying that, quote, many clinical data right now show intermittent fasting has multiple benefits, not only for weight loss, but also for health and longevity. The article continues with Dr. Handy saying that researchers have linked intermittent fasting to improved cognitive function, increased endurance and resistance to physical stress, which of course we are all dealing with now. He of course continues by saying that more study is needed to understand why it works. That's fine. I'm just happy that it's become mainstream and no longer considered to be fringe. The report spends quite a bit of time explaining how the body runs normally, in essence, eating the usual three meals a day, versus what happens when you change up the normal route and go for longer periods without food. But before that, Dr. Handy suggests that fasting and intermittent fasting is how humans historically ate before the invention of refrigeration, when food didn't last very long and wasn't as easy to find. People were adapted to fasting and often had long periods of time when they didn't have any food at all. The three biggest religions in the world, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all have fasting incorporated into their religious practices, and that happened long ago, and they still do it. 
Fasting stresses the body in a good way, making it more stress resistant, efficient, and productive. It's also believed that by fasting and stressing, we can actually accelerate healing as the body cleans out and replaces unhealthy cells with new ones at the same time that your mitochondria, which are your um, cells that are that are actually burning the fuel for you to use, those mitochondria become more efficient. If you're wondering how long you need to fast before all of this starts going on in your body, the answer is about eight hours. But most fasting protocols have a longer, if not much longer, fasting window. This write-up in the newsletter describes four variations of fasting and the benefits of each. There are others, but these are probably the easiest to start with. And as is usual, I'll add my own comments and information to what's in the newsletter article. I will also interject here that like in any kind of diet, fasting does not provide overnight results. It is a lifestyle diet, and it could take up to four weeks before you start seeing any kind of body changes like losing weight or reductions in waist size, so on. But you will probably see an increase of energy after the first couple of weeks, if not before. Consistency is the key to this, just like in any kind of diet. So the first kind of fasting that the newsletter article talks about is what they call daily timed fasting, also known as the restricted eating window diet in other places or other articles that you might read or see. Where what you do is you limit your eating to an eight hour period each day. That's the only time you you eat. For instance, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Or if you like to eat when you first get up in the morning, maybe 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And you get to eat your normal food during that period of time. No calories are allowed during the other, in essence, no food, are allowed during the other 16 hours. So that leaves you a lot of time to drink water. And if necessary, you can have some black coffee or plain tea, just so long as there aren't any calories in anything that you are drinking. And water is good because it keeps your system running and it keeps it clean. The next kind of fast that they talk about is the 3-4 fast, where you can alternately eat for four days a week and fast for three days out of the week. You're not fasting for three consecutive days. You only fast for one day, 24 hours at a time, three times a week. The doctors seem to feel this is the most difficult of all of the fasting regimens. I would probably agree, at least it would be the hardest for me to do. But I think that what they're referring to is that it's very, it's much more difficult to fast for 24 hours than it is to only fast for 16 hours. So that's number two. Number three is the low calorie fasting diet where you fast on two to three days a week and do normal eating on the other four to five days. And for the fasting, what you do is you limit yourself to either 500 calories a day for women or six to 700 calories a day for men. And on this, you could actually start with doing it just two days a week and then add the third day after you get adjusted 
to the regimen. <clears throat> the last and fourth fasting variation that they talk about in this article is a combination of the timed fasting with the low calorie days. And in that diet, you do the eight hour eating window every day. And on three out of the seven days, you would limit yourself to the 500 or 700 calories from the low calorie fasting. I probably would suggest that you start with the timed fasting and then add the low calorie diet on two or three of the days during the week. And again, they're putting forth that you should not do those in, um, in a row. You would want to have it on alternate days. Personally, I try to fast for at least 14 to 16 hours every day between dinner and breakfast. I haven't added the low calorie days, but I think I may look at doing that, but we'll see. The other seems to be working for me. What do you do? Have you tried fasting? Have you tried any of these specific kinds of fast? I'm really interested and I really would like to know. You can leave me comments on my website or Facebook page, so on and so forth, or wherever you listen to the show. Back to the subject. I found their wrap up to also be valuable. They point out how easy it is to do intermittent fasting since you don't have to go out and buy special food and you don't have to worry about following any kind of specific meal plan and it's safe. They do point out that you need to make sure you drink enough water because as you become less hungry, you also become less thirsty. But just because you're not eating doesn't mean that your body doesn't still need water. So don't wait until you're thirsty to drink water. Do it all day long and drink as much, if not more, than you already do. A couple of things that I didn't know and I hadn't heard, hadn't read. Something that they talk about in this article is that fasting can improve endurance when you're exercising and also give you more benefits from strength building. Your body will burn fat and it'll want to preserve your muscles, so that's a second reason you need to do strength building exercises. And if you were wondering what intermittent fasting meant, now you know. And you can try it for yourself. And if you are sheltering in place, this might be really a very good time to try it out and get started since you don't have to worry so much about going out to lunches or dinners and your schedule is probably more controllable. Give it a try and see how you feel. <clears throat> and again, like I said, leave me a comment. Let me know. Did you try it? Was it better? Was it worse? Do you feel, how do you feel? As with so many other things in life, if you have any spe special physical issues, diseases, if you're pregnant or have low blood sugar or are frail or weak, you should definitely talk to your doctor before you start any kind of diet, let alone fasting. It might be good for you, but I would let your doctor advise you on that. Well, I think that's enough for today's show. And like I said at the beginning, it's surprising but gratifying to see mainstream medicine bringing some of the more holistic and functional medicine methods into their world. Who knew we would ever see that happen? And as always, I will remind you that I am not a doctor and this should not be considered medical advice. If you have any medical questions or issues, please contact your doctor and talk to them about what you should be doing to deal with it or get better. And I will look forward to talking to you 
next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.